Good morning, everybody. Oh, there I am. Well, my name is Ed Frost. For those of you who don't know me, I have the privilege of pastoring uh, your little sister church in Manchester, New Hampshire, Christ the Way. And uh, I'm a co-vocational pastor, so in order to help pay the bills, I work as a chaplain at Holy Family Hospital in Methuen. Uh, my thanks to Pastor Jeff and uh, to the whole team here, Mary and Shirley and Serena and everyone for your warm welcome. Thank you for your hospitality today and great music. And wow, what a pastoral prayer that was, wasn't it? I just want to go back and listen to that a second time. Wonderful. My scripture today is uh, in Romans chapter 8, verses 8 to 25, and is a possibility it might be on the screen, but if not, please allow me to read it to you. Romans 8, verses 18 to 25, and I'm reading this morning from the NIV. Hear the word of the Lord. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Amen. Thanks be to God for his word this morning. Well, I have to say this is such a strange experience for me, perhaps for you too. Um, I feel like I'm a drummer here behind this uh, plexiglass stand, and uh, I normally like to kind of step down from the dais and preach from in front. That's my, that's my happy place down there, close to you all, uh, where I can see your faces and respond and interact with you. Uh, but these are strange days, and yet I am so proud of you uh, for being here and for getting through it and accommodating and being wise and compassionate with each other. <sighs> so this is just very strange, isn't it? And I think that's kind of where Paul is in his writing. Now, as you know, Paul is getting ready to uh, head to Rome, which was kind of the center of the world at that point, right? Uh, filled with very smart, intelligent people who had been gathered from the four corners of the Roman Empire. And so he knows that he, he needs to make a good impression when he arrives. So he writes this incredible book of Romans inspired by the Holy Spirit that we have in our Bibles. 
And it's really his theological treatise, his magnum opus, you could say, uh, laid out from A to Z his whole gospel and worldview for us to share in. And many theologians, I think, would count chapter 8 as the pinnacle of the mountain, a crescendo, when he bursts into explaining the Christian life redeemed and renewed and filled with the Spirit and what that's all about. But this is no pie-in-the-sky-when-you-die kind of gospel. It has its feet in the mud of ordinary life and its head in the clouds with the Spirit. And uh, so I feel very blessed that Pastor Jeff asked me to preach on this passage today. I wonder what words you heard as I read the passage today. Which were the heavy words that landed in you? I'd be intrigued to know. For me, I think that I heard two words, the word groaning. What a word that is. Have you ever been in a situation where all you could do was groan? Have you ever been with somebody who all they could do was, oh, oh. Well, I think 2020 is turning out to be one of those years, don't you? <laughs> it's a groaning year. And I don't want to spend too much time focusing on the troubles and trials of our day, but you know, as Christians, we are, if all things, realists. We are living in this tension between our experienced life with all of its troubles and our experience of the unconditional love of God. And there is a pull between those two. I believe Paul is writing in the tension of that pull. So, you know, before we even really hit the coronavirus thing, we were still dealing, you know, we forget about this, but we were still dealing with the opioid crisis here in New Hampshire in a pretty big way. Then I don't even have to talk, please, I don't even have to talk about the political tensions and polarizations in our society, and it's not going to get any better between here and November, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm praying for gentleness and love and mutual understanding to break out, but boy, I'm living in hope. We'll see. And then, you know, around January, we heard about this thing, and then mid-March, it hit us. I was privileged, really, to have a front-row seat in the hospital uh, to see the effects of this uh, evil, wicked uh, virus and what it does to uh, some of the people who contract it. No good stories there. Well, there's, there's a few, but there's a, a lot of not good stories. And then the whole Black Lives Matter uh, thing erupted uh, with so many of our compatriots feeling uh, and walking through the world differently than I do. And I realize how clueless I am about that. As a white man, middle-aged, educated, living in New Hampshire, what do I know? It turns out I have a lot to learn. And it quieted my soul and encouraged me to listen and to listen and to listen. So much injustice, unfairness, random 
suffering in this world. So that's 2020 so far, and we've made it through to July. And at the same time, this has been a delightful year. I don't know where you find delight or where you find your joy, but it's out there. I'm really enjoying my two little granddaughters. I'm enjoying this fabulous summer that we're having. I'm sorry if you don't like it hot and humid. I love it. The spring was particularly beautiful this year. And I have loved seeing how churches of every kind have adapted. Up in uh, Manchester, we've just pivoted into being picnic church. So at 3 p.m. at Stark Park in the north end of Manchester, you'll find a bunch of blankets on the ground in a socially distant circle with every family bringing a little picnic with food to share, and somebody will play guitar. We'll sing some socially distant songs, wearing our masks, of course, and we're going to get through this. And there's a special blessing in seeing how we've all adapted. So groaning. And then Paul uses another word twice, and this is what has recently just landed with me as I've been reading and rereading the Scripture, ready to preach it to you, and it's the word wait. Did you hear it a couple of times? Let's see if I can find it. For we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship. I could preach on the topic of adoption. How about that? So, what is Paul saying to us? We experience the suffering of the human condition. We experience troubles in this world. Did you hear the beautiful psalm that Pastor Mary uh, read to us? Uh, Full of pain and troubles, and yet at the same time, In the midst of my troubles, I will yet praise you. Psalm 23, it's as we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death that you are already preparing a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies, anointing my head with oil, my cup is overflowing, and I have grace and mercy following me all the days of my life. Not when I get through the valley, but when I'm in the valley. That's the tension that we live between. That's the location of our hope today. Now, Jesus does not leave us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So question, Christians, how is Jesus with us today? Well, Paul gives us the answer. We who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we who have present tense, possessive, We have the first fruits of the Spirit. And just in case we needed to be reminded, he says, you have been, past tense, saved. Now, that's unusual for Paul. Paul normally says, you are being saved, as if it is a present continuous activity, which it is. Sometimes he says, you will be saved, looking forward to resurrection day when we leap from the grave in our new resurrection bodies. This old body is particularly looking forward to that moment. 
But he says, no, right now I want to remind you that you have been saved. You have already in some sense arrived, even though you're still traveling, and one day you will arrive fully. You are already a child of God. God is your parent. Wow. That changes everything. And the Holy Spirit of God has come to live inside you. If you don't feel it right now, that's okay. Just know it's a truth. The Spirit of God does work in us, for us, through us, to bless other people. What does the Holy Spirit do? Number one, he magnifies Christ. He helps us with eyes to see Jesus working everywhere. Secondly, he leads us into all truth. Boy, do we need truth these days. Do we need to know what our sources of truth are? In my hospital, I remember on March 12th, when we formed our pandemic sort of leadership team that led the hospital through the last three months, just disbanded. Thank you, Jesus. The first thing they did is they declared their sources of truth. They said, our sources of truth are going to be the CDC and the Massachusetts Department of Health, period. I thought that was genius. This is what we believe, and we Christians do exactly the same. Our sources of truth are the indwelling Holy Spirit, the written Word of God, making alive in us the living Word of God. Can I get an amen? So that's our reference point. That's our true north. Now, what are the first fruits of the Spirit? Because it's worth mentioning, because Paul brings it up. So those of you who know Galatians 5 off by heart will now sing with me. What are the first fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Come on, somebody else. Yes, that's right, patience, faithfulness. Help me with this. And self-control, the final one. That's the one I sometimes have difficulty with. I've got to work on that self-control. Jesus is with us. If you're grieving, grieve. If you're sorrowing, sorrow. It's what we need to do. Do not deny the reality of the hard times that we're going through. This has been a challenging and a tough year. It's turned so many things upside down. And you know what? It's going to be okay. And I'm not just saying that to soothe our souls, although there's nothing wrong with soothing your soul once in a while, by the way. I'm glad I have good music to do that to sometimes. But it's because Jesus is already on the other side of all of this. Jesus is with us in our grief, and he's on the other side of our grief too, waiting for us to get through it. He's in the loneliness you may be feeling, walking with you. You may not even sense him, that old footsteps poem, remember? But he's on the other side of it, waiting for you to get through it too. Have you lost somebody in this tragedy? They're not lost at all. They're home safe with the Lord. I absolutely believe it. I am optimistic, and I can't prove this from the theology of the Bible, but I'm this optimistic that if somebody is so important to us that we love them, 
I've got a funny feeling Jesus just may have them in heaven waiting for us when we get there. Hmm. I believe in a broad salvation because I believe in a big Jesus who loves us deeply. So, may you be healed by the presence of God in your lives today. I'm going to round up on this little final thought. Up in uh, Manchester in Christ the Way, we're trying to figure out what the next three or four months are going to bring and what the next three or four years are going to look like. Do you know we've been at this in Manchester for seven years now? We had our seventh anniversary on July 1st. Can you believe it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think, was it, is it eight locations, I think, that we've been in in seven years? Something like that. I guess we can add Stark Park in the north end to our, our locations now. Wow. In the New Testament, Jesus really only did four things as he walked and ministered for those three or so years in his earthly life. He went to where people were. That's an interesting lesson right there. He taught people what the inbreaking world would look like when, when God becomes king. He ate a lot. There's food everywhere in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Amen. That's one of the pillars of our church right there. And he healed people. As I read this passage today, as I read what it is to live in the tension between hurtful, harmful, tough reality sometimes, and yet the beautiful indwelling presence of God that lives in each one of our hearts and lives in the relationships between us, he invites us to heal others. We heal when we give dignity to those who are lacking dignity. Can I get an amen? We heal when we treat all people as dignified and loved children of God, even if they don't think they are. We heal when we help somebody who needs help. We heal when we receive help and allow our pride not to get in the way. We heal when we wear a face mask in order to protect our fellow Americans. How about that? We heal when we wash our hands with Purell for the 900th time in a day. We heal when we keep six feet apart. We heal when we share a smile and a kindness. We heal when we pray for somebody to invoke the beauty and the presence of God in their lives and their healing. We heal when we have love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and self-control. So my final blessing is may we be people who live with our feet in the mud and our hearts filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Community Chapel, may you now go into the world where Christ is calling you, where Christ is waiting for you. May he fill your hearts with love. May he give you the eyes to see where he is working in the world. May he give you the energy to join him in the sacred work of making all things new. 
And in doing so, may God dwell richly in your hearts, changing you from glory into glory. Have courage, brothers and sisters. The Lord is with us, and the battles belong to him. Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.